the next station is Procrastination Station. Exit here for a break from your daily usual lives and a step into the unknown. Enjoy your stay. Welcome back to another week of Procrastination Station. We're back! Yay! Woo! As always, I am your host, Siren. I'm and with me, I've got... Yumi! And Leek! Um, here I give y'all a very apologetic apology, a public statement of apology. Um, I, as host, completely forgot I was running a podcast, and a uh, school hit, and I panicked, and, um, yeah. But we're back, and that's all that matters. Yay! Yay. Yay. No. <laughs> <laughs> These two are very happy for me dragging them back into this stuff, taking time away from everything but i have fun with you guys and i don't really care how you guys feel oh thanks <laughs> you're welcome anyways um this week is something that yumi actually has been like talking about a lot in general and we've been talking about it just in daily lives as well um this week we're going to be talking about adaptation theory or adaptations in general Hey. Yeah. How do y'all feel yeah. about adaptations? I like them. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> I I have my feelings are generally pretty positive about them. Mm-hmm. Um, and by adaptations, like y'all want to toss out a few that you guys have feelings about, positive or negative or neutral. Um, most anime. Most anime, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, like book to movie adaptations mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings Percy Jackson mm-hmm. <laughs> Harry Potter mm-hmm. yeah um, so today we're not only talking about like manga to anime or anime to live action as like fearful as mm-hmm. that sounds we're also talking about stuff like like we said earlier, from like book to live, or like from book to animation, or like light novels, or like whatever wild thing that we can come up with at the moment. We will all think of stuff later on as well because we're forgetful like that. Um, but we're gonna make the most yep. of it while it lasts. Hey, are you two ready? Yep, yep, yep. All right, um, then Yumi, take it away. Okay, so I'm going to talk a little bit about adaptation theory before we kind of get into talking about adaptations themselves, just because I think it's interesting, and I'm a bit of a nerd, so um, I'm going to force you guys to listen to it. Um, and hopefully like, I force these something. guys to do these podcasts with me. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, um, this is something that I've studied a lot in my English courses, and uh, ironically, I realized later that I also wrote about this for my extended essay for IB, so... Gang gang. Nerd. <laughs> um, so um, actual adaptation is a bit more scholarly than we'll be actually talking about in the podcast. Um, but again, just interesting background. Um, and so what exactly is adaptation theory? It's um, generally, I guess the easiest way for me to explain it is that it's how we think about and how we interact with adaptations of different works. Um, 
like think about adaptations as just like book to live action, but there's also like a lot of different ones, right? Um, and so uh, I think the main takeaway is that every adaptation is a cultural adaptation. And so um, an adaptation always tells us about the culture that it's adapted for rather than uh, the culture of the original. Um, and so like, I will take Pride and Prejudice as the example because that's what we studied in class and there are so, <laughs> so many adaptations of Pride and Prejudice, it's insane. Um, right. Yeah, so what Jane Austen originally wrote, like that was for her uh, contemporary audience. Uh, but then we have like the film with Kira Knightley and um, whoever else, um, Darcy was kind of ugly, we don't talk about that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, okay. um, but it's a really good film, but it's obviously not completely um, faithful to the original because it's adapted for modern audiences. Um, and because of that, we learn more about the audience that it's adapted for than, the, than we learn about the work itself. Um, wow, that's really deep. Yeah, right? Um, wow. Yeah. Look at, the, look at all this theory. <laughs> Ooh. Um, school is useful for once. Well, my brain's, like, turning more than it has in, like, five months. <laughs> oh, moon. Hey, I got you. Um, so, yeah, we talk about culture as not just... Um, we usually think of culture as, like, oh, like, Chinese culture versus Western culture or whatever. Um, but it's a lot more than that. It's also culture in terms of time, in terms of gender, in terms of age of the audience. So I guess like more the audience that it's made for. Um, so like Romeo and Juliet made for modern day little girls is obviously not gonna have a bunch of stabbing, right? Um, it's okay. stuff like that. Um, and it tells us a lot about our cultural values as well. Um, but no, I don't think we're gonna be getting too deep into that. Value people getting stabbed? Uh, we don't value people getting stabbed. We value little girls not stabbing people. Mm, that means you, Siren. I am, I am not a little girl. But you're, you're not allowed to stab people. people. <laughs> yeah. Carry on, carry on. Um. Anyway, uh, so as as things get adapted and readapted, especially with super, super popular things like Romeo and Juliet, which everyone knows, um, the boundaries between the versions get blurred because they always influence each other. So they're not gonna just draw from the original anymore. They're also gonna draw from other adaptations that have happened, um, which is part of what makes adaptation really fun because you get to see things that have been adapted time and time again. And we'll be talking about some of those later. Um, but yeah, I think in terms of fans, we often talk about adaptation in terms of fidelity. Um, like, was this faithful to the original? Um, which is scholarship. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but anyway, so scholarship isn't very interested in that, but we kind of are because we're fans. Um, right. Uh, yeah. We make emotional connections that we shouldn't have. Yeah. Um, but also subversion and inspiration are also really interesting ways of thinking about adaptation. Um, um, but I think often it's only if they're well done, right? Um, if, at least for fans. Like for scholarship, it's also interesting when they're not well done because like you take an absolutely terrible adaptation. You're like, why was this made? And like you can still study a lot about that, but we don't, we simply don't we want care. to do bad things. Like, we're not interested. 
So yeah. We want it to be interesting and like close to the original, but not quite exactly. But we want it really good, but we also want it like the original. Right? Exactly. <laughs> picky. Yeah. It's like, or at least get the like heart of it, you know? Mm-hmm. Get the heart of it. Or you can completely subvert it. And so things happen where the ending of Romeo and Juliet is changed and we're all surprised because everyone knows how it ends even if you've never actually read the Shakespeare play or <gasps> I guess watched it which wait how does it end <gasps> spoiler alert spoiler alert <laughs> spoiler alert they die um <laughs> what? Um, what? double sudoku oh my god <laughs> um but yeah so because of things like this things like subversion and um, if I could talk about like another instance of Romeo and Juliet, sorry, I keep getting WeChat messages that block out like half of the screen, and like, <laughs> and like I suddenly can't see like myself anymore, which is really disorienting. Um, you, um, you are WeChat. <laughs> I'm not popular. It's work. Um, um, but yeah, she's a hot commodity. Oof. Oh. Um, <laughs> Um, but yeah, so we have things like the Leonardo DiCaprio version of Romeo and Juliet, which, you know, we all watched in school. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I hope other people have also watched in school. I think it's pretty fun to watch in school. Um, mm-hmm. But that's a Brit's expectations because it's suddenly modern and you're like, why are they shooting each other? Um, things like that. Driving around. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. And because of stuff like this, which like makes adaptation interesting, a lot of it relies on the audience knowing stuff about the original. So even if you don't, even if you haven't read every single Marvel comic, a lot of people have at least seen pictures of what um, the characters look like. And so when they're adapted into an actual movie, you're like, hey, Wonder Woman looks really cool. Or like, um, I like that they didn't give Superman underwear over top of his, um, of his super suit, you know, stuff like that. That makes a lot of sense, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, in the end, it's all just for fun, and we'll just talk about stuff we like, and not in a scholarly way, because we don't really care about scholarship, but it's just in- interesting stuff for y'all. Scholarship <laughs> is, like, too long, it's too boring, I have to use my brain too much. What we're going to talk about today is a lot more lighthearted, like we usually do at the Procrastination Station. It's going to be a lot of bashing, very nice bashing, of course, mm-hmm. um, a lot of, like, fangirling probably i don't know uh depends on what we decide to talk about but it should be a fun time and we hope you guys enjoy so who wants to go first rock um, um nail sorry <laughs> actually no um okay, got him um maybe we could talk about Percy jackson since we kind of mentioned it <laughs> oh, in the beginning right for all, uh-huh. all that don't really know, Percy Jackson was a book written by Rick Riordan back in the day. It's like 2008-ish. Yeah, it started in 2008. Uh, there were five books in Percy Jackson and the Olympians, that series, and it was adapted into a movie. The live action. action. A live action, yes. Mm-hmm. version of The Lightning Thief, the first book in the series. Mm-hmm. Yep. And there were a lot of emotions. Many. Many, Many emotions. Who would like to share their emotions first? 
This is therapy. <laughs> Um, Hello, and welcome this might be a rant to a uh, procrastination like... station therapy session. I will be your psychiatrist siren for today. Leek, would you like what to tell me drugs? about how you feel? Drugs? That's what psychiatrists what? do. They give you drugs. Are you going to give me drugs? Um, well, I'll give you drugs after. <laughs> I'll give you some good, I'll give you some of the good stuff. Give me some moment. <laughs> To calm down the, the real good get, stuff. To calm down the feelings that you get from Percy Jackson. <laughs> oh, okay. So, well, Percy Jackson was disappointing. First of all, <laughs> um, overall, just really bad. <laughs> it was not well made. Yeah, it, it, it's just okay. Like as fans, um, it wasn't faithful to the originals so i mm-hmm. i as a fan obviously didn't like it but even as like a movie itself i think it's fun to like watch and make fun of but i don't think it's like a good movie <laughs> they lost know. a lot of stuff yeah they yeah. lost a lot of like what is core to the original book i feel mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like just the first thing that pops into my head is just like how they age up the characters like, they're supposed mm. to be 12, but then they look 17, 16? I don't know. Which is, like, one age away from the freaking prophecy. What are you going to do for the next five years? Bro. Yeah. I know. It just didn't make any sense. Yeah. And, like, um, yeah, they, they were aged after high school, first of all. And I think the biggest issue I had with it was that the spirit of Percy Jackson wasn't, like, it wasn't yeah. in the adaptation. Yeah. What do you mean by the spirit? Um, like, what would you consider, like, the original spirit? I think the original spirit. Mm. So, sorry, you can go. <laughs> I think it's just, like, very lighthearted and, um, but it's, like, also, like, kids with, like, mental disability or, like, um, with, like, mental illnesses and things. And, like, they're, like, actually, like, um, they're, like, doing cool things, you know? But it's also, like, super tragic. Like, there's, like, these terrible things happening. Mm-hmm. But it's all taken with a really light tone. And so I think it's, like, kind of, like, taking everything light, like, takes at you and, like, being... Kind of, like, joking about it almost. Mm-hmm. And it's just growing like up. Self- it's almost like self-deprecation, but in, like, a very, a more lighthearted way. Yeah. And, like, it's just kids growing up, uh, which I think is... But, like, yeah. you know, like, they're demigods who have, like, daddy issues. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And what do you think the like, movie made it about instead? Um, I think they made it about fighting monsters. <laughs> and it was like, like it was meant to be targeted to like older audiences, but mm-hmm. that didn't even work either. You know, I feel like targeting to older audiences made sense because like the original fans of the series had grown up, so like targeting it towards that audience range that makes sense but i just don't think they succeeded mm-hmm. yeah it, it was just like percy jackson was such a, like a comfort series that for me mm-hmm. like i still feel so nostalgic towards it mm-hmm. and i wanted like the movies to also do that for me like how harry potter's like mm-hmm. the movie franchise was like a good adaptation right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but yeah, just like the yeah, like how I mentioned before, the heart wasn't there, and I always think that's like important if you're gonna like change plots and stuff. At least 
keep the heart of it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But that wasn't there. Um. Yeah, I think that's just like my main problem. Yeah, it's I just something feels we so off. Earlier, um, before we start recording, um, Yumi mentioned something about how the adaptation should be able to stand on its own. Yeah. Like it doesn't need mm-hmm. to depend on like the quote unquote original version. Um, so like I feel like would Percy Jackson, The Lightning Thief, as a movie, if I if there was no book, would I have enjoyed that? Maybe. I think so. Maybe but, like, like a very a very, very like gentle like maybe. But yeah. like would I have gone to go watch it in the first place if there wasn't a book? Probably not. Yeah, it's. I don't like the color grading. I'm really picky about color grading. Oh. <laughs> I didn't like how it was just like gross blue. Like he. Yeah. And then like the sea of monsters was just like an orange kind of. Yeah, it's like I they took the cover the cover of the book and then like oh yeah, you're right. On the movie the entire time. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's really funny because the director of um Percy Jackson, like he. Uh, Chris Columbus, he explicitly said that he didn't read the novel before um, before making the movie because he wanted to keep it, like, fresh. Which, like, you can do that for some things, but, like, obviously for stuff like this, the fans want something that ha- is faithful to the original because it's a very, like, near adaptation, right? Yeah. I think the more removed you are, the more you can, like, change it up. Because it's already been adapted a bunch of times. Um, he also directed um, the first three movies of Harry Potter. Oh, right, okay. which is yeah. like, yeah, it's so funny odd to me how he well, messed the up. Comparison about how like he didn't read that. Nah, I don't know. Yeah, my emotions are in this guy. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Like this, this guy has made some fantastic movies, but I think he just like absolutely missed with this one. Yeah, yeah. huge miss. Like he definitely wanted to try something different, which I respect. But like, I feel like it's just a little bit too out of the expectation of what a lot of fans were expecting Mm -hmm. so unfortunately no one here has overwhelmingly positive emotions towards this well i'm seeing emotions a lot today that's the word of my day and like another thing is um like say for comic books like marvel um you have so many like deviations between series that like it's hard to follow even for like hard devoted fans right mm-hmm. so to make movie adaptions i feel like it's a lot easier to be lenient and like fans to not be as mad about it but then this is like a book series with i mean like comic fat comic book fans also a big fandom but like still like crazy jackson has a big fandom and that are so attached to it since they were kids like it's mm-hmm. it's, mm-hmm. it's i just think it's also important in this case, to, like, keep the heart of it. Yeah, I think, yeah. yeah. Because, like, comic books are, like, written by multiple people, right? Like, you have Marvel, mm-hmm. and, like, you have, like, Stan Lee writing some of them, but, like, you also have, like, a bunch of, like, guest artists and, like, guest writers who write a bunch of different ones. And people enjoy those as well. It, it's, mm-hmm. like, they've already been adapted so many times before they came onto the screen. Yeah. Oh, true. Yeah, that too. They're adapted, like, throughout the years, like, through comics. So yeah. when it's, like, in- made into a movie, it's, like, okay, cool, right? <laughs> yeah, like, oh, you're bringing it together. Yeah. I, and, like, I guess, like, transitioning to a Avengers or, like, a Marvel 
people are done with Percy Jackson, I guess. I just wanted to mention one thing mm. because Yumi played the Percy Jackson the musical. Oh yeah, like one song from it, and I was like kind of hooked. So y'all should check that out. <laughs> <laughs> it slaps. Yeah. Okay. So like honestly, the musical, like keeps the heart of it. It's good. Mm. It's so lighthearted. Like the song was like great, and I was like, oh my god. Six schools in six years. Six schools. <laughs> literally how the first song that she played for me started, and I was like, I feel it. I feel the Percy Jackson already. He's a good kid. Yeah. Good for nothing at all. <laughs> <laughs> like it was good. Yeah. That's like a good example of an adaptation, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry, we can continue transitioning to Marvel. Yeah. Um, that was this really smooth transition, you guys. I'm so jealous. <laughs> <laughs> we kind of unsmoothed it, but it's okay. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think like stuff like um, Marvel, especially the MCU, um, like Marvel Cinematic Universe for people who aren't into that, um, <laughs> like it was so well done because they took everything that had been happening with Marvel Comics before and like I guess like some shows that have been adapted earlier as well um mm-hmm. and they made it all to one story right like they linked everything together which I think is really has a lot of intrigue for fans when you have like a universe for something and not just like an individual movie which is mm-hmm. what DC did right they just like came out with movies and like adapted and readapted like all the Batman movies yeah. yeah, some of them are really, really good, but like it doesn't feel, it doesn't have the same kind of like dedication that Marvel does. Because I feel mm-hmm. like Marvel, like, like it honestly seems that they map everything out first, and then like see the connections everywhere, make those connections, and themselves to like mm-hmm. ensure that they are connected, and mm-hmm. you can like watch all of them, like knowing that there is a connection. Yeah, for yeah, sure. like. DC is great. I love DC. I honestly love, love, love DC. But I just feel like they created it not as a universe, but as its own like line of things. Like they were more vertical with like one path, and then Marvel was kind of circular. Wow, that's a really bad example. Circular. (laughs) Circular, as in like a map, you know, like yeah, like like a Venn diagram. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> but kind, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Um. like, it's so fun to wait for the, like, back when we could go to the theaters, not anymore. <laughs> wow, you make that sound like it was 20 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> not going to anyway. I went to the theater to watch Tenet the other day. Um, oh, it feels oh. like a sin. Oh. Oh. Yumi, I'm sorry, I can't go see you for another two weeks then. um yeah uh like it was so fun waiting for like the mid and end credits Mm -hmm. to get excited for like the next movie right Mm -hmm. like i just thought that was so cool Mm -hmm. i really like that like aspect about mcu movies yeah i think even within the mcu they actually readapted some characters like throughout them like thor was completely readapted um, oh yeah, true. Between yeah. the first two and the third one, mm-hmm. like, and it's even evident in like the Avenger movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But I think that they did that so well. Like Thor became like a more enjoyable character, um, mm-hmm. and he also got short hair, um, hotter. <laughs> and Ragnarok was just such a good movie, right? Like, yeah, he yeah. knows what he's doing. Hmm. I, nice. I love Taika. <laughs> 
it's just kind of nice seeing people like at eye level because I feel like Thor was Thor seemed a lot like a DC character yeah and the fact that like is like above human and then doing superhero things Mm -hmm. but like to have him like adapted into like a more quote-unquote marvel style Mm -hmm. that was like a really nice yeah. Really yeah. And for people who aren't like familiar with the concepts around it, like usually people consider like Marvel characters to be like just normal average humans who like became super to get superpowers. Yeah, they got superpowers and they have to they have to like deal with it. Which is why they're a lot more relatable for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then DC tends to be like those just seemingly like really nice, like perfect people that have superpowers on top of that. Superman, like, yes, Bruce are... Wayne. Yeah, Bruce Wayne is kind of dark, but I was just about to say, like, they they do have their darker sides. Because he's a billionaire. <laughs> he's a billionaire. But, like, he's a billionaire. <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? Other than his parents getting killed. But, like, what could possibly go wrong? Mm. <laughs> yeah, like Wonder Woman, too. Like, she's she's a demigod, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's, so, like, she's, like, they're all... Powerful to begin with? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Versus, like, wrestling with their power yeah yeah Yeah. and i feel like i feel like a lot of what marvel did to make it so nicely like the movies anyways um i don't know if it makes any sense but i feel like they simplified it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like the marvel movie uh the marvel comics they were like like you said earlier they were drawn and written by a lot of different people they were readapted again and again but the marvel movies like the mcu friend like the that part of it it's like they it's like they cleaned out all like the sketches and then they made like a clear outline yeah yeah yeah. i I like that yeah and that was really nice i think they did a good job even though i do have like nitpicky stuff about it especially like my hate towards endgame as in like a (laughs) (laughs) story-wise and stuff but other than that yeah it kind of threw it toward the end yeah. Yo, I wonder how much Stanley had to do with that. Um, uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, I blame the roots of silence for uh Stanley and for our king. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's a podcast. I don't know how long a moment of silence can be taken as before I accidentally cut it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Mm-hmm. I could have definitely been part of it. Stanley, I mean. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Uh, not sure, but. We don't want to guess. Mm-hmm. Anyways, next thing. Um, maybe we could still talk about Disney then. Because, you know. MCU and is was bought by Disney. Hey, <laughs> actually, that has more to do with Disney. Not gonna lie. Yeah. <laughs> um. Maybe we could talk about like how Disney has been adapting old movies to live, live action instead of coming up with new stories. Because <laughs> they want to keep the copyright. Because most of them, it's been seventy years, so they lo- they're losing the copyrights. Oh. Um, so if they make a, uh, a re-adaptation then they keep the copyright oh interesting I didn't know that yeah 
but still annoying kind of yeah a little <laughs> bit some of them are really good though um i like beauty and the beast mm-hmm. oh except I that growl at the end that was i mean uncomfortable i don't remember that that was weird anyways <laughs> um in general, how do you guys think you, they're doing with the adaptations? Mm, not not great. Not good. I don't know. There's just, like, nothing really new to the table, you know? Mm-hmm. It's not new. And, like, they have a few, like, you know, songs that slap. But, like, I think, uh, like, again, with the idea that's the spirit of the original, mm-hmm. like, it's lost a lot of the magic. And I think that's what Disney was really known for, like, back mm-hmm. in the day, especially, like, Renaissance Disney. Um, yeah. Like, it was about the magic. Mm-hmm. And now they've just made it just very just like a money grab, you know. Yeah, it's yeah. like Mufasa dies, but in three D now. Mm. Oh, that's 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 a little heartbreaking. <laughs> I wish they would just like more animation movies or animated movies, mm-hmm. like like Moana. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, oh so um. Okay, this is a little bit off topic, but you guys like seen the? I can't remember what it's called right now, but the, um, but the new like Southeast Asian princess. Oh yes. Yeah. Wait, I forget the name. But the um. Oh, I forgot her oh, name too. Oh, Raya and the Last Dragon. Oh okay. I forget the actress's name too. The one that was in Star Wars. She's voicing the main oh. character. Oh, oh, um, Ro- Ro- Rose. Her- no, 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 that was a character, Lamau. Um, she had a what? She, um, she had like a hyphenated name or like two names, I don't remember. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I think the most important thing that we're kind of dodging here is Mulan. Mmm. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Wait, Yumi, did you watch it? I haven't watched it, but I've heard enough about it that I'm kind of mad. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's frustrating. <laughs> yeah, like, I think, like, one of the biggest things is that they tried to take it away from the original, like, Mulan vibe. And they were mm-hmm. like, oh, we're going to make it, like, more culturally accurate. And then they didn't. I know. I feel like the whole they didn't to make it cultural, like, accuracy of it as much as it seems like they did it wouldn't have been as bad yeah like if they're just like we will make a fun fantasy movie we'll be like okay cool right but they were like oh we'll make it culturally accurate and then they pull this like pan chinese bs like they draw a lot of stuff from okay i'm gonna like nerd out a bit again because like (laughs) this is stuff that like i've looked a lot into but like there's a lot of like historical things that are just not simply not accurate like um mulan's thought to be like late weight like late northern no early northern way dynasty Mm -hmm. which is like very Mm -hmm. culturally different than a lot of the other dynasties they drew from um and like how they do like clothing and how they um do buildings and stuff like that like even the buildings are from the wrong dynasty oh i've heard that like the or, like her village like at the beginning it's from southern mm-hmm. like places yeah i, I feel like, so I was like what to kind of like include everything so they just decided to just throw everything together which is not the best idea because yeah. we want yeah i i think it mostly kind of had to do with the fact that it was written by a white person. 
Yeah. Which, like, who, like, they should have just gotten, um, like, Chinese writers, Chinese directors, like, you know, people who actually know, like, if they wanted it to be culturally accurate, then they should have got yeah. people who knew about the culture, you know? Mm-hmm. So, it's like. Yeah. But I mean, like, on the topic of, like, cultural inaccuracy, like, the original Mulan cartoon, like, it's not mm-hmm. accurate at all, but it was really good. It was enjoyable because That's it was true. just like a story. It was just yeah. a nice fantasy story about an yeah. epic girl who saved China. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And like the problem is, is that they marketed it as a yeah, culturally, like, culturally accurate. accurate. I mean, culturally accurate, but it wasn't. <laughs> exactly. Exactly, which is why I think a lot of people are very frustrated. Yeah, um, it's but... so dumb. <laughs> oh well. Yeah. So, okay. what can we do about it other than? talk about it yeah, <laughs> um oh the, there was another Mulan adaptation for everyone out there um oh the Chinese adaptation yeah I can't remember what it's called right now but it's Mulan and there's a subtitle I don't it. think it's, oh my god oh. oh I heard it's good wait yeah apparently it's really it's, good it's a lot darker but it's like a lot and a lot grittier but it's really good mm-hmm Oh, I don't remember what it's called right Wait, now. I'm searching it. All right. Wait, is this Legendary Warrior? I think so, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. It's, okay. not, just, it's not just called Mulan. It's something Yeah, else. it has yeah. like a second, yeah, like a something. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. it's it's from 2009. Yeah. Ooh. It's older, but it's still pretty good. Mm-hmm. Nice. So if y'all want to look at something... I should watch that. Yeah. On the topic of like Chinese adaptations and things, um, Meteor Garden. I was literally gonna bring that up. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> Thank you. Meteor Garden um has been adapted like a, a billion times. times. <laughs> a billion times. Um, I don't even know what the original was. Was it a book or was it just the original like think... Taiwanese? No, no, no. The original was the manga, wasn't it? I think so. Oh really? <laughs> I didn't even I'm not know even that. Sure. The, okay, the original is probably Hanayuri Dango. Dango. I don't really care how to pronounce it right now. <laughs> and then um, a live adaptation was created. Um, two thousand one. Hmm. Two thousand one, Taiwan. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was the first the adaptation, right? The, the the superior one, as you guys have heard me talk about in our other podcasts. Um. And then it was adapted three more times? Or like four more times? Like eight mm, more no, times? Not, not, not that many. Um, or like the ones that I know of are 2001 Meteor um, Garden, 2008 Boys Over Flowers, and 2020, oh, uh, 2018 Meteor Garden. I think there's also a Japanese There's one. also a Japanese version. Oh, okay, I don't know the Japanese version? one. Like, do you I don't know if there are more, but like... And oh, wait, or like a partially animated version oh wow there's an indonesian one as well yeah that's why i said because i just thought i just remembered there's probably is there a viet one too i don't remember there's a lot i, I yeah. don't see a viet one here I, i'm looking at the wikipedia page and um so they have meteor garden um and then they have meteor garden 2 and these are for taiwan um, and then they followed, that one's followed by um, the Indonesian, I don't know how to pronounce it, but Siapa Takut Jatuh 
to okay, I'm not gonna I'm, I'm giving up um there is an Indonesian one and then um <laughs> Jap uh, and then Japan did another um Hanayori Dango um mm-hmm. drama yes and then they did a sequel for that returns and then um and then the korean one uh boys over flowers and then it was 2018 ah see there's like 50 versions yeah um for all y'all that don't know boys over flowers or hana yuri dango or meteor garden it's kind of like a rich guy poor girl story and that's probably the first of those right yeah, it's like an original like rich guy poor girl story, one that started like a whole trend of them. Mm-hmm. It's so um, popular. It's so popular. Yeah. It's pretty good. I feel like all the versions are quite valid. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't watched like any version like completely. Mm-hmm. The only one I watched is Boys Over Flowers, but I didn't even finish that. That's so. a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. Um, I feel like, I don't know, it was really good for the time. And I feel like even if you watch it again now, it's still an enjoyable story. Just intolerable hairstyles. Because of the time it was made, yes. I can't watch. I found, I found the guy really intolerable. Like, I did not like him. He's supposed to be intolerable. I know, but like... Okay, I think I think I like stopped before he got like a little tolerable, so maybe that's mm-hmm. why. I know there's he's supposed to have like character development or whatever, but I just like stopped. I was like, I cannot with this prick. <laughs> mm-hmm. Understandable, understandable. Yeah, but yeah, but, super popular. Yeah, a re- there's a reason it's been adapted so many times. Mm-hmm. And like the four guys, right? Uh, yeah. um, I think they were called like F four in the Korean version or something. They were called F four in most versions, I think. In all versions. All? Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. And they like ex- inspired like that kind of trope too, like the popular yeah. guys of the school like going in down the hallway, <laughs> like going down the hallway in slow motion with the girls parting like the Red Sea. Yeah. yeah. Like, what? <laughs> uh, yeah. That was like a really like like big cultural what do you call it like moments <laughs> yeah i guess yeah yeah so that's fun mm-hmm. i feel like all versions of the adaptation were like faithful to a point that everyone still knew it was like the same story mhm mhm and it was like nostalgic for audiences as well or yeah. like new for them I think, like, specifically, like, it's a lot easier to talk about, like, the uh, the 2018 Meteor Garden versus the 2001, because those ones were specifically made for similar audiences. Yes. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, like, they're both live-action dramas, and they're both for Chinese-speaking audiences. And so, mm-hmm. like, 2001, you have the Taiwanese one, which was a huge, huge part of, like, early Taiwan culture in, like, any Chinese-speaking country, pretty much. Yes. Um, Literally. Yeah, like, everyone knew them and like everyone was crazy about them they like like they'll like sell out for like f4 tickets because like they actually oh formed like, like like a like a group and then they like yeah yeah they, right? they formed the thing they formed the thing They're yeah yeah thing. wow um, <laughs> yeah and it was crazy um, i'm pretty they toured like most of asia yeah 
Um, and then like in 2018, they like remade it. And like a lot of audiences like loved it. It's obviously super different just because um, different times. Um, Thoming yeah, is suddenly super modern. skinny. Um, and he's also from my home province. <laughs> um, <laughs> but like they changed things, but I think it was still amount of nostalgia. Like watching it as someone who had never watched the, the 2001 drama, like it was, no- it was nostalgic. Mm-hmm. Oh. oh, watching the 2018 one. Mm. Nice. That's good. I really, yeah. They were just enjoyable. Like, I feel like the remake, I didn't watch all of it. Um, but the remake was, like, it was faithful, but it took its own twist, and it was, like, modern enough to, like, like, you know, keep
Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're really good all on their own, I think, so. Because it's, like, an interesting, for an anime, like, it's a really interesting, like, thing, and then they can, like, go around, like, flying, because it's, like, a historical Chinese drama with, like, cultivation kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So there's, like, that aspect. Chinese wizards. Yeah, Chinese wizards, basically. Um, I watched, like, the first 10-ish episodes with my brother before my mom was, like, I think this is gay, and so like, um, we, we're not allowed to watch it anymore. That's gay. Um, um, <laughs> wrong with that. No, I I, th- I thought it was just really funny because like we were watching this like scene. They're in the cave, and then like they're like thinking back on their friendship and stuff like that. Because like this is bef- this is like in the in the drama, it's censored because it's China. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like they're like thinking back on their friendship. And my mom was like, "I think this is about a man and a man." <laughs> <laughs> It's like, uh, yeah, no kidding. Uh, yeah, yeah. There are indeed men in this drama. <laughs> yeah. Um, the the I remember like I watched it because it was gay. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I just remember like the web novel being quite explicit. The, the web novel. Was... Mm-hmm. Uh, my friend told oh, me that I heard it, and I was like, oh my god, I can't do this. <laughs> Peace. I and I and I heard like those scenes were really badly written too. <laughs> yeah, no, it didn't make sense. It didn't make like an, an no, anatomical sense. sense. But like yeah. aside, but like it's like like all of them on their own. I don't know about the audio novels, audiobooks. I forgot what they're called. Audio like, drama. <laughs> audio dramas. Thank you. Yeah. Um, but like they're all really good standalone things, and they bounce really well off of each other. Uh, the the drama was obviously a little censored because you know for censorship's sake which is fine because even on its own it was like a really like it was a really nice like bro tp mm-hmm. yeah like i mean and, and there were like there were like hints so it's like, it was like it was, the, it was the like no homo, you know <laughs> there yeah, was a yeah, yeah. there so yeah it's but, right, but what there. i was gonna say is that like kind of, like, from a Westerner perspective, because, um, like, you know, we did grow up in the West and stuff, um, like, the drama was a bit, like, I-, I couldn't really stand it a little bit. Like, it was fun to watch, um, but the acting is very stiff, and, like, it's dubbed over just because that's what they do in China um, for a variety especially of reasons. historical dramas. Mm-hmm, especially historical dramas. There's a variety of reasons that they do that, including, like, just, like, accents or, like, sake of ease for... Um, you know. Because they speak, uh, especially for like cultivation Chinese wizard stuff, there's a lot of like special terms and then it's a different type of speaking. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I found that a little bit intolerable and like the acting is very stiff because of the dubbing. Um, it's the same I, reason I, I struggled to watch Meteor Garden. Um, yeah, it's the same reason I can't like go through Meteor Garden. <laughs> But still, hmm. yeah, I think it's, it's like well out. made. It's well made, which is good. It's still well made. It's really well made. Yeah. In terms of other things that are well made but a little bit intolerable, Ghidorah movie. <laughs> Do a complete one eighty here. Oh my god! <laughs> when I heard that the Dora movie was coming out, I was like, "What has this world come to?" Right. Same. Like COVID. Same. COVID wasn't a thing then, but I was like, "Oh my god." I sense doom in the future. No, like when we <laughs> went to the theaters and that trailer played, I was like, huh? <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. Like it looked so cool. It looked like some like Indiana Jones shit. It was. And then like, and then, like Dora comes out with her backpack, and I'm like, 
Qua? <laughs> what? K. K? <laughs> like, I was like, what? Yeah. But, like, okay, I, so I went to. I really want to see it because mm-hmm. Yumi has told me that it's, like, hilarious. It's actually really good. Um, I went to watch it ironically with my brother and his friend. Um, and, like, it was surprisingly good. Um, I think one of the things that they did really well is that they're very self-aware. Um, <laughs> I think for stuff like this, like, stuff that's really ridiculous to adapt to um, the screen, mm-hmm. um, like, you need to be a little bit self-aware about, like, what your thing is and what audience you're adapting it for, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of so, like Deadpool self-aware, or what do you mean by that? Um, yeah, so Deadpool is self-aware in, in that it's a self-aware that it's a film and that it, like, breaks the fourth wall, which is one of the appeals, right? In mm-hmm. both the comics and the and the and the movies. Um also watched Deadpool. Um Brian Reynolds is hot even Canadian. He, uh, yeah, he's also Canadian. <laughs> Detective Pikachu, we can talk about that later. <laughs> oh, okay. Let's talk about Detective Pikachu next. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um but um but so the Dora movie is super self-aware. Like they have that like Dora is ridiculous. Like she talks to the camera and like obviously this is for little kids to learn Spanish. Mm-hmm. And the audiences who are gonna be watching this movie are not little kids because it does get a bit spooky and stuff. Um, but um, like there's a scene where she like talks to the camera and she asks us to say something in Spanish, and her parents are like, "Is she okay? Like, <laughs> do you think she needs help?" And it's like, "It's a phase; she'll grow out of it." And like I thought that was so funny because like they're so aware that Dora is absolutely ridiculous to be adapted for a live audience, uh, for a live action. Um... And that's probably why it's good. Like they realize how absurd it is, mm-hmm. and they work with that. Instead mm-hmm. of against it, and tra- instead of like trying to put her in a ridiculous wig and make her scream Hadouken or something, I'm uh, sorry, I got I, so- I, I suddenly thought of the Dragon Balls <laughs> and like my heart shattered. <laughs> okay, I guess we can talk about Dragon Ball after Detective Pikachu. <laughs> oh, no, 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 we're not talking about Dragon Ball. I have okay. No, we're not. We're not. We're not. And, like, Kamehameha is not one of them. Okay, we're talking about Detective Pikachu. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, okay, I loved Detective Pikachu. I think it was so good. And I just really think it was actually really interesting because a lot of people were really worried about it. I remember when like trailers came out and like people were making fun of Mr. Mime's like shoulder pads because they're like dodgeball skin or something. Oh, yeah. (laughs) You're right. Yeah. Uh, It really threw me off that Jigglypuff was furry. But like after the movie came out, I don't. I didn't see, like, too much on social media about, like, bad backlash. It was kind of like, oh, this was, like, a really cool movie. Oh, it was so cute. Like, Pikachu is so cute. Like, Pikachu, whoa. Yeah, and then it's freaking Ryan Reynolds, right? (laughs) And it's freaking Ryan Reynolds. Who who hates that man? Yeah. Like, yeah, in the beginning, I was like, wait, why is Pikachu talking? And then, like, as we got closer to, like, the release Mm. of the movie, I was, like, more getting interested in it and I was like really excited to watch it. and then I was thankfully not disappointed I loved it <laughs> I think it was really fun I mean like what could you really do with Pokemon into you know being a live action movie like it would just mm-hmm. kind of be maybe like the shows but just live action but then I really liked like the things they did with the movie. Mm-hmm. And like 
honestly, Pokemon, uh, like Pikachu specifically speaking, was like, oh fuck, like only Meowth does that. Because there was also that horror mo- moment of like, um, when when there was that P- Pokemon movie that wasn't a live action and Pikachu spoke. And oh, I right. had trauma. I no, had trauma that was traumatic. <laughs> like, I honestly had trauma from that. So, like, I went into the theater so scared. And then Ryan Reynolds spoke, and it was like, wow, this is the most natural thing. <laughs> <laughs> it was more weird. Uh, yeah, I think it's also because it was, he was a little bit, it was pretty self-aware that Pikachu doesn't speak, right? Yeah. Um, It was Ryan Ryan Reynolds was really like, oh, yeah, like, Pika Pika, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I think, like, even though the plot, like, it was obviously a very simple plot, like, fairly predictable. It wasn't, like, mind-blowing, but it was just fun to watch. Yeah. It was, like, a good story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just a like, really fun Like, they don't need that watch. many turns or, like, that many, like, big moments. Yeah. Because, like, Pokemon itself is, like... Big. The franchise can carry its own name. Like, it can carry itself on its back. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, that was an adaptation that was I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Mm. Oh, something I was not like just surprised, pleasantly surprised. Um, it wasn't unpleasant to find that it was an adaptation. I don't know if we talked about this already, but Howl's Moving Castle. We have not talked about it yet. Oh right. Oh okay. Yeah, we've been meaning to talk about this. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Because I didn't know it was an adaptation until we were talking about this topic, and Yumi brought it up because. Hell's Moving Castle, as a lot of people know, is a Ghibli film. Mm-hmm. And it's a great Ghibli film. It's so Howl, good. I know, is like a lot of my friends' first crush. Mm-hmm. Like, first love. <laughs> like, that man, like, wow, he's pretty. Like, everyone needs, like, a useless pretty boy, right? How mm-hmm. does that for you? He's all the useless pretty boys you need in your life. And he's a furry. Um, okay. Anyway, <laughs> no, 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 guys, I'm not a I swear. <laughs> I didn't know Yumi was into that. I, I'm not a furry. I, I swear. You, I accept you for who you are. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> no, I, I, I just think it's like the thing where like a lot of people's like first childhood crushes are actually like furries. Like, you ever think about that? Yeah, like in Yasha. Yeah, like in Yasha. <laughs> like, we're talking about this at Hemo Sleep, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh no, Siren and I had Inuyasha at the same time. <laughs> okay, honestly though, I wasn't crushing on Inuyasha. I was crushing on Sashimaru. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, Howl. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. So the um, adaptation. <laughs> so the adaptation. Um, it was adapted from a book. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Yeah, by Diane Wynne Jones. Mm-hmm. And I didn't get the time to read the book in, in its entirety. I skimmed it. But it seemed like it was kind of interesting because the book wasn't like the film. Mm-hmm. It's very different. It's quite different. But I think it was just really well done between the two. Yeah, the two of them. Like, I think it's really what you were saying earlier about the like, adaptation theory as like a thing it's not like the comparison between the two they work together Mm -hmm. and how it's like a cultural thing Mm -hmm. because the animation is obviously directed towards a completely different audience yeah and it did that really well like the framework of the two were like similar enough for it to be an adaptation Mm -hmm. but like 
it's also so different that like they completely can stand on their own yeah like the story and stuff is like the settings have changed a bit because you know like Ghibli often um deals with wartime um themes and mm-hmm. coming of age themes and stuff more so uh whereas yeah. um if you read more into the house series because it's actually a series like um it's very interesting how they do things like it's not set in so much of a different world than you think mm. um and like the world that it's in is super interesting too and like the ha- obviously the castle's different like that's the biggest thing like the castle's just straight up different yeah the castle's they should read it for themselves if you guys are interested read it for yourselves because it's actually I didn't know it was a series. I thought it was just the one, but like now mm-hmm. I just really want to read everything now. Oh yeah, one of them is also Castle in the Sky, I think, which is the title of another um, Ghibli film, but um, mm-hmm. it's not well, like at all. Movie. Like it's just not the same story. It's just the same title. Yeah, because uh-huh. Ghibli films are known for taking inspiration from like darker themes a lot of the time. Totoro mm-hmm. um, Shinigami, Grave uh, of the Fireflies, being Purgatory, uh-huh. like a lot of like theories like that, but like. For it to be an actual adaptation was something I did not know or expect. But now that I do, I'm just like, wow, like, this is really well done then. Mm-hmm. And huge because it didn't feel awkward at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, like, I think this is one of the cases where they didn't really keep, like, the spirit of the original thing. Um, mm-hmm. I felt like the vibe of the two were, uh, like, a decent bit different but they kept the same same like general plot but everything else was so different but it was really mm-hmm. interesting to see how that kind of i guess like changed for the uh, japanese audiences um then i have a question for you hmm. both do you think that like for adaptations if you didn't know it was adapted from something else do you think you would enjoy it more probably i think it depends what it is i feel like Okay, we, were, um, we, kind of, we kind of skipped that with Percy Jackson, like, if we didn't know that, because a lot of the negative emotion that we feel from it is because it's not faithful. Mm-hmm. But, like, do you think he would have enjoyed the movie by itself? Obviously, Yumi wouldn't have because of the blue gradient. I, <laughs> I don't like blue, like, those, like, dark blue color gradients, and I don't like green. Oh, green's ugly. Green is ugly. Yeah. Like, except... The only two things I can stand green in are Parasite and um, and Chunking Express. Oh, yeah. Parasite, it was very green, but it was, like, a nice green. <laughs> yeah, and it was, like, a well-done green, you know? Like, mm-hmm. there was purpose to it. It wasn't just, like, make the film ugly. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, anyways. Uh, for me, I think... Yeah, I guess it depends. Like, if... Okay. So Percy Jackson, the movies was just one adaptation, right? Like directly from the book. But mm-hmm. like say it was something else, like something that's been readapted like multiple times. Mm-hmm. Um like then like my feelings would change, right? Like I wouldn't care as much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's like I don't know if I didn't know about the original. Okay, wait. Hmm. Okay, <laughs> okay. So, so say Percy Jackson. I care that the adaptation, um, like it's not faithful, right? 
so I don't like it. But then if I just wash it by itself, I might like it because I just never knew, say I never knew about the book. But then like for multiple times, I don't think I would carry it both ways okay. in both cases. I think that's what I want to say. Yeah, <laughs> makes sense. I think like as yeah. books are adapted more and more, like we get more used to being like, yeah, um, like, like how what new things we bring to the table, and not how faithful will be to the original. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's what kind of determines how I feel about. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And like, it's always really hard, especially for um, like books, like writing to like animation or action, like live action basically because you don't have anything to go off of if it's something like a comic like marvel to marvel or like a manga to an anime there's like something to go off of Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but like with writing yes you can be descriptive but there's still so many like so many details that can change like make or break it Mm -hmm. yeah i think like actually one of the good examples of that is that like lord of the rings um it was adapted, I think, the first time, like, you know, like 50 years after it was written, but it was, like, adapted for the first time from, like, book to movie, and it was done mm-hmm. so well. Like, it yeah. wasn't 100% faithful, but it was faithful enough that, like, audiences really enjoyed it, and, like, I think, like, when I first watched Lord of the Rings, I was eight, and it traumatized me, um, and then when I watched <laughs> it again, um, um, like, I really loved it, and, like, I hadn't read the books. I don't think I even knew the books existed at that time. Um, but it was just well made. Like they're good movies. Mm-hmm. 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 And like, I mean, yeah, yeah, even now it's just like it was made in two thousand one or something, and it's still good now. So it's like, mm-hmm. wow. Yeah. Like I can't say too much about the Lord of the Rings because I haven't had the chance to sit down for three hours and to watch it. I read the books. I've seen like scenes from the movies. I've seen actually most of like the Hobbit movies. Mm-hmm. And like honestly, damn. Like it's so well done. Mm-hmm. And like and like in this case, like the Hobbit wasn't as well done as Lord of the Rings, I think, but it was mm-hmm. just like, you know, like they've created it's a, a it's really still a good, good universe. Yeah. We love. Mm-hmm. I just love that world, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One last thing that we wanted to touch up on before we wrap everything up today is that something that's not quite as, like, scary as an adaptation or kind of is, but something that's still, like, really cool and really well-made, fan adaptations, anybody? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, wait, actually, in the tr- and, like, thinking of Lord of the Rings, I'll just, like, realize that, like, Dungeons and Dragons is kind of just like a fan adaptation of like Lord of the Rings role playing. It's very similar, yeah. Yeah, like like a lot of like typical fantasy elements are taken from Lord of the Rings because it, like it was a staple for everything, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. I think Lord of the Rings set a lot of the building, the ground, concrete foundation, um, <laughs> <laughs> building ground <laughs> of like fantasy world, the foundation of fantasy. Yeah, it was really mm-hmm. fun. Yeah, but like um, fan adaptations, I feel they're like it's like because because we're well, fans obviously have different opinions about everything, but it's on like we're on the same page about the general things mm-hmm. because we're all just fan of a work 
at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And we're not mm-hmm. thinking of how is this going to like, or like usually it's not so much about how is this going to make money, but like does it happen? Yeah, it's happen? usually not about profit. It's for, it's I just love it so much. Or mm-hmm. so it's for ourselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think like one of the things we can think of, like, like I think actually fan art is a pretty big one. It, like especially, uh, especially talking about like Percy Jackson, like mm-hmm. um, Burge and uh, Viria, like back in the day, like they set the precedent for what everyone's canon for what the characters looked like was in their head. Right. Yeah. Everyone mm-hmm. has seen picture of Percy Jackson, and it's the specific image that was built by Burge and Viria. Mm-hmm. It was, yeah. Like I feel like fan fan adaptations, whether it be fan art, fan fiction, fan AMVs, anybody? Mm-hmm. Oh, were like, AMVs back in two thousand eight? Bring you know, to life, but like that built the that built like the adaptation for itself, like that built the fandom, mm-hmm. and it's like just mind blowing about like how much they have, like how much power we have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of the big things that I really really enjoy is watching animatics for musicals because oftentimes mm-hmm. musicals aren't as accessible. Um, mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and like um, you can't find them everywhere. But like animatics, you see how the fans reimagine scenes, um, and like there's something like super magical about it, because you can do things that you can't with other ones. Like there was this one really really good um, animatic for um, the room where it happens from Hamilton, mm-hmm. um, and like it's something that they would not have been able to do in a musical. They could have done it in like an animated film, maybe. But, like, it had really big, like, um, if you guys have watched, like, Catch Me If You Can, you know, that like, the intro part? Um, oh, yes. Yeah, the intro yeah. with, the, like, running and stuff like that. It was kind of like that. It was, like, that kind of vibe. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. And it was just really, really well made. Ah, I see. Mm-hmm. All right. I think I'm gonna stop this because I I can hear the gears in both of their heads like turning and I can see the smoke coming out of their ears and I know that if I let this moment of silence sit any longer we're gonna be sitting here for another three hours. Yeah, it's it's really really hot and I can't think. So oh, yeah, that's very gonna, hot. We're just gonna wrap that up for today. That was adaptations, adaptation theory, brought to you by Procrastination Station. I have been your host, Simon. And with me are Yumi and Leek. Anyone want to shout anything out? Um, follow my Instagram X said Y Yumi. Wait, no, X said Yumi. I can't. I'm, I'm <laughs> losing it. I also have a fashion account now. It's Juyu's. It's linked on my other one. Check her out. She does fan art stuff like we just talked about she's amazing i love her stuff uh, i love you so wow wow <laughs> wow I'm oh am i interrupting something <laughs> <laughs> no leak stay <laughs> <laughs> oh um we have our twitter and our instagram um we'll put that down in the, the description probably or something if anyone remembers how to spell any of our accounts, feel free to say it now. Procrastination, procrastination. I don't remember. Yeah, I think okay. Instagram, Instagram is procrastination, and then Twitter is. They didn't allow more than fifteen characters, so we had to do procrastination. <laughs> no, but, but, but was it procrastination? I think that's just procrastination. No, no I changed it to 
procrastination? Oh, like without. Yeah. <laughs> they all sound the same. They all sound the same. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I will write them probably somewhere in our description. Feel free to check us out. Feel free to give us a follow. Thanks for joining us this week. We'll see you next time. Or we'll hear from you. You'll hear from us next time. Yeah, you, wow, you that was yeah. supposed to be smooth. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Now leaving. Procrastination Station. See you next time.